The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. As Joel was saying earlier, the sports camp, man, thank you guys so much. Many of you guys helped make that possible. I just want to thank you guys for supporting that financially, but also with your time and energy. Such such a good week, such a good week. And I want to start this morning um, with a word of prayer. We always like to pray before uh, we dive into God's word. We believe here at this church that uh, it's the Holy Spirit and the Lord that actually moves the heart of man to live a life differently for his kingdom. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the joy of getting to come with um, our brothers and sisters in Christ on a Sunday morning to remember you, to be introduced to new things, to be satisfied in you, to, as you equip us for the work of ministry, to love you and love our neighbors together. Father, I just pray this morning as we dive into your word, we study it for a little while, that your word is uh, living and active. We know that. May it be living and active in us. May our hearts be open to hearing truth. And may um, the the hard side of that and the the joyous side of that uh, both exist today, where you change us, but also you encourage us. It's in your name. Amen. Have you guys ever felt pretty smart or pretty... um, prepared or ready for a, a place you're about to go or a certain subject and come to find out when you get there, there was so much more to it. And this happened to me uh, this last month. My family, we got to go to an amusement park. It's called Disney World. You might have heard of it. Okay, and when I was a kid, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, which is in the north part of the state. So my family, we went down there um, almost every year when I was a kid, but I moved from Florida um, when I was eight. So we didn't get to go as much. And I got to go one time a little while back, but then um, I hadn't taken all my kids and did all the things you're supposed to do to make, to make Disney better. And I kind of thought that just like, you know, Worlds of Fun or any other amusement park you go to, you, you buy a ticket and you just go and ride rides. That's what I, that, was, that was like the, what I thought my parents did, you know, when we went to Disney. Guys, that is like, that is like first grader right there, dude. That is first grader. And what I want to just share with you this morning is, is Disney has a depth to it and a progression to it. Well, first of all, what we learned is there's a thing called a fast pass, right? There's a fast pass. And what that is, is you get to reserve three rides each day that you're at Disney, where you get to go through a a shorter, we'll call it the shorter line of all the lines. It's the shorter of the two lines. And you can actually uh, reserve those early. So my sister calls me um, 31 days from when we need to do this. She says, tonight, you need to call because 30 days out, you can get your fast passes. And I was like, oh, that's no problem. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do that tomorrow. She's like, no, set your alarm at 6 a.m. tomorrow to get your fast passes. So we actually do that, right? I'm, 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 I'm believing my sister. So at 5.55 in the morning, 30 days from our first day at Disney, we have an alarm set to go onto an app to reserve rides I'm going to go on with my kids. I had no idea that was even a thing. And guess what happens? At 6.01, all the good rides are gone, right? So you have to like, we learned the next days, you got to write down and get ready and practice your button pushing, right? 
It's intense. And also, while you're there at Disney, there's an app on your phone that tells you every wait time of every ride in all the parks. So you can even plan out where you're going to be walking to and if there's any temporary closed rides, which you guys know those exist as well. And also while you're there, and Rivers is being extremely, extremely resourceful while we're there, um, she realizes there's a button called meals. And you can, instead of waiting in the, you know, the line of 30 people for the cheeseburger, you choose cheeseburger on the phone, and it just shows up over here. You're like, oh yeah, food, right? That was phenomenal. And lastly, we learned that if you stay on property, which we didn't do, there's some bonus things. Every time you go to buy something, they're like, you staying on property? Are you, a, are you a member? Are you an annual pass holder? And I was like, no, no, I'm just, I just bought a ticket. I'm just here. You know, I'm just here. But if you do all those things, you get 60 days out first pass passes. You get 10% off things. So many things happen while, while they're at Disney. And there was so much more to it than I couldn't even imagine. And today... I want, to I, want, I want to follow Matthew's revealing of how Jesus does his ministry. There's a depth to what Jesus plans to do that maybe on the surface, some of his followers thought, oh, he's just here for this, but there's a depth to it. We're going to be talking about Jesus' ministry to the non-Jew. Jesus' ministry to the Gentiles. Jesus came at a time where there's a great divide within the Jewish um, culture and life and religion that there was the Jew and then there was everyone else. And Jesus came, his kingdom message came to everyone. And he taught over and over again to all that received Jesus. You could be a child of God. Not just the Jew, not just the child of Abraham and Abraham's lineage, but anyone who received Jesus could be a child. Not just the bloodborn, not just the circumcised, not just the Sabbath honoring people, but all. And everyone who would repent and believe in the gospel can become a citizen, a true child of the king. And before we read this passage about the, the Canaanite woman or the Gentile woman, let's remember what was covenanted to the Jewish people when they were first called out. It was with Father Abraham. Abraham. And in Genesis 12, it says this, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. This is the father of the Jews. And I will bless you and make your name great and that you, and so that you, will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. He who dishonors you, I will curse. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you, Abraham. So Israel's calling, this nation of Israel, its calling was to receive a blessing from God, then be a blessing to the world, be a billboard for God, the creator, saying, God loves man. He has a plan for them. He knows what's best for man. And all should honor God and glorify God. But man failed, Israel failed, and the world needed a savior, and God sent Jesus. 
So that's the context of this. We have Jews and we have non-Jews. We have Jews that were supposed to be a blessing to the world, but have become very insular and exclusive. So we're going to be reading today from Matthew 15. It's on page 821. If there's a black Bible that you like to reference, kind of what we're reading, the, 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 the words will be up here, but they'll move around. But Matthew 15, 21 is where we're going to start. And I, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible or you know somebody who doesn't have a Bible, all these Bibles are for you for you to take. We have a box of them that we just keep send, giving out Bibles. So please take one. Write your name in it right inside the Bible. Anything that you hear today that you like and take it home. Matthew 15, 21 says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So first thing to note here is Jesus is physically moving from one area to the next. He's moving from an area where there's mostly Jewish people, these sons and daughters of Abraham, his people, and moving to areas with more and more Gentiles, non-Jewish people. So Jesus has come to save the world, and today we're going to see him reveal more and more of his message that all are welcome. And this is my aim today. If you have thought the church or the Christian religion has been designed for a specific type of person with a specific upbringing or social status or social rank or economic level, then I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is for all and all are welcome. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But sadly, I know not all churches feel welcome the way that Jesus teaches and models. I've been a part of some of those churches, and I'm sorry if that's been your experience in churches that seem exclusive for a certain type of person. And my hope is all of us will repent anytime that our church becomes that to people or our families become that to people. The message is clear in the Bible that Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. So in the passage today, Jesus is physically moving, and this Canaanite, this woman, came to Jesus crying for help for her daughter. And Canaanite, it's, a, it's an Old Testament term, for the non-Jews, the Gentiles. The, it was the region of Canaan. Maybe that sounds familiar. Where the pagans lived. 
the land of Canaan. So this woman was a Gentile. And Matthew uses this word to maybe emphasize that once the enemy of the Israelites is now trying to get to Jesus and asking for help, asking the Messiah. So you see some tension building here. And she's calling out this phrase, son of David. There's enough knowledge about the Jewish culture of the time that the Messiah would be come from this lineage, this name, son of David, and that the son of David would bring healing. And that's what she needed. Her daughter had a demon. She had a child, a child that needed mercy and grace and saving. And this Gentile mother's pleading for her child to be healed by the Jewish Messiah. And she knows that she needs mercy. She says, have mercy on me, even as I ask right here before you, Jesus. And then Jesus says this seemingly harsh response, as you probably also read with me. I was sent, this is verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What does this mean if you're saying, all are welcome, Dave, and then Jesus is saying, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this is where Jesus begins his lesson. Let's go back to Disney World for a second. That'll be fun. Sorry we can't physically do that. But for a second, I just want to share, when you first arrive to Disney, you, you arrive in a parking lot, and it feels kind of like Walmart, but instead of having like a number on a flagpole, there's like Goofy there. But other than that, it's, a, it's, it's the same, right? You paid a lot more to park there than at Walmart, but other than that, it's the same. And each step of the progress, as you enter, each, each step, as you progress into Disney, you get to see a little bit more. You're aware that the king's castle is somewhere that way. You see nothing but a parking lot. But then you park, and then you walk. And where do you walk? Well, you walk to a tram, which if you've ever been to the Kansas City Zoo, it's like the zebra tram without the zebra stripes. So you walk to a tram, you're like, well, come on, Disney. Thanks for letting me not walk far, but we're still in a parking lot on a tram. There's not even an animals. It's just a tram in a parking lot. But then they drop you off. Guess where they drop you off? You have options here. You get a boat or you get a train that floats up on the air, like on a monorail. That's kind of cool a little bit for us. Not, don't know those. So you can choose, hey, kids, you want to ride a train or you want to ride a boat? We're like, we're riding a boat, right? So we go on this ferry. And when you go to Disney World, there's water that separates the parking lot and the castle. And guess what you see on the ferry? Well, it's kind of cool. You're on a boat, but it's just people and water, right? And that's all you see. But then the boat starts moving, and you start hearing chatter. And guess what you see? You see the castle. It's about an inch tall. And kids, look, look. And the kids are kind of like, oh, they're short. And they're, look, there's the castle. There's the castle. And the boat takes you. Nice 10-minute ride across the lake. And you dock, and guess what you see next? You see this really beautiful train station. The castle's disappeared. All you see is the train station. A few more lines. But then guess when you go into the train station? You go in a tunnel. You see nothing. But you anticipate something's happening. And you walk out of the tunnel, and you see like this old-timey town. There's songs. There's dancing going on right there in front of you. And you're like, wait. And it's happening everywhere. 
People got balloons. It's fantastic. And then when you come around the corner, you see the castle. And there's a nice five-minute walk, and you're talking to your kids, taking pictures to the castle. And if you get there early enough, guess what you do? You walk through the castle. And these stages of Disney is very similar to what we find here at Matthew's account of Jesus with the Canaanite woman. It starts really harsh, saying, hey, I'm here for my people, right? Jesus came for the Jews to, to, to tell the Jews, Jews, I'm here. Your Messiah is here. And this interaction is going to help us better see this door open or this, this walk, this, this progress towards the king's castle. And Jesus is saying true things. He is the Messiah. He's the great Savior who's come inside the line of Abraham, Abraham to save the line of Abraham. But let's continue in the story. The mother then comes and kneels. So now we find her humbly laying down, pleading mercy and help for her child. And Jesus says to her about precedence of his plan. 26, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow, that's kind of harsh a little bit too. Now, now the Jews would call the Gentiles dogs, like stray dogs. But Jesus, in his beauty, doesn't call that kind of dog. He calls, he calls her a pet and uses it as an analogy of a picture a child at a table where the food is being eaten and the dog sitting there. The pet, the family pet, is sitting there. And of course we find that Jesus is letting this mom know that it's wrong for the Messiah to come and feed the dog, the pet of the family, first when the children's there. The children of God are right there at the table. They should be fed first. But in her faith, in love for her child, her hope in the love and the actions of the Messiah, the King of the Jews, she pleads once more. And she says, the pets get the crumbs. We get that, right? Like, we're like, I'm not leaving until you tell me I have to leave. And she pictures this. But the pets get the crumbs. And what does she get out of this? She gets the voice of Jesus telling her she has great faith. And even more, for her, her child is healed. So point number one today, all are welcome to believe. All are welcome to believe. In Jesus, all are welcome. Just like at Disney, when there's those magic hours where you get to go an hour early if you live on property. You get those fast passes a little bit early, right? But once that's over, guess what? Everyone gets equal Disney. Everyone gets equal Disney. Just like in the kingdom of God, Jesus first came for the Jews. 
to the children of God to proclaim his truth. And what do we find happen right before this story? The Pharisees rejecting him. The children at the table did not eat. And this is where we turn in the story where we see Jesus opening up the message of the kingdom to the whole world. It's a story where a woman who wasn't a Jew had a daughter who she was going to do anything for her child to save. And in her faith, Jesus healed. So just like that boat moved closer and closer to the castle and it got taller and we walked closer and closer, let's continue on in the the passages today. Let's read verse 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee, and he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put him at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd wondered. When they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now Jesus is in even more Gentile territory, and more and more non-Jewish people are hearing of Jesus and humbly coming to him for help. All are welcome is the message that they are hearing. The crowd is in wonder of the power and healing of Jesus. The crowds feel blessed, and they glorify God. And they say the God of Israel, because it's the Jews' God, not theirs yet. And guess who gets worshipped? The Jewish God. Can you see how Jesus fulfilled the covenant promise of Abraham where the Jews did not? Jesus came bringing blessing, and people saw Jesus, and they received the blessing through him, and they glorified Jesus. God. We read in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and they glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus has become the great billboard of the love of God. God gets the glory and worship. Jesus gets the joy in obeying his Father. Point number two, All are welcome to worship. No matter where you are today, if you feel like worshiping God hasn't been something that you're used to doing or even know what that means, you are welcome to do that and encouraged to do that. And you will receive joy when you finally see this great God who has sent Jesus to die for you. Let's look at the last section, 1532. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I'm unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, seven, and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all 
ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides the women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magdon. So many were following Jesus. And what happens when a lot of people are around Jesus, he feels for them. He has compassion for them. And the crowd has chosen. Look what the crowd has chosen to do. They chose spiritual hunger, a spiritual feast, over their physical needs. They were hungry and maybe didn't even know it. But by three days in, Jesus knew it. And just like the feeding of the 5,000, just one chapter before, Jesus does a multiplication miracle. He takes seven loaves and probably feeds 10,000 plus people. And they eat until they're all satisfied. And how many baskets were taken up? Seven. So this seven number is used often in writings in the Bible. It's a number of completion. Do you know how many baskets were left over when Jesus fed the Jewish people? Twelve. What would that relate to, the twelve baskets and the Jewish people? The twelve tribes of Israel. So Jesus starts with what? The five thousand and the twelve baskets full to show us, guys, I'm offering this to my people, but I'm not stopping there. We're going. We're going to keep going forward, and it's going to be for the whole world. And here, he feeds 4,000 men and their families, and there's seven left. And for every non-Jewish person in the room right now, that's glorious, that it is complete. Christ is now being offered to his people and now to the whole world. Eat and be satisfied here. So point number three, all are welcome at the king's table. So Matthew has taken us from a parking lot to a glimpse of the castle to the street, to inside. My hope this morning is that you understand Jesus welcomes you. No matter how far from God you feel, you are. You are welcome at the king's table. And you may not think this morning that you deserve to be at the king's table, to be next to the perfect son of God, to be adopted into God's kingdom, that you don't deserve this, and you would be absolutely correct. That's why we call it a gift. That's why as Christians we worship God, because we didn't earn it. We are in wonder that he would die on the cross for our sorry selves. We cry out to Jesus, mercy, mercy, we need you. We can't help ourselves. And Jesus' death on the cross, his sacrifice of love for the whole world was for your sin and mine. Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God 
his justice, that sin needed to be paid for, and Jesus Christ paid for it. He removed our punishment, and he gave us his perfection. And now God receives all want him. All who desire to worship and believe in him. Now our task, church, is to continue the message that all are welcome. That we live a life of love towards all types of people. That we repent if we're pre-judging people right now. That maybe we don't think they're good enough to have this community and this life with each other and with God. But we should see each other the way God sees humanity. We talk about be, bless, and belong. These three words often here at this church. And this idea of belonging, that we need each other, and we create a community that people want to come to because we are to be a blessing. I'll close with this. Galatians 3.26, in reference to the idea that once God came to Abraham and his people, that here's the new covenant. These are Paul's words. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. You are all one in Christ. Galatians 3, 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to the promise. Let me pray.